Welcome to the Gray Wolf Podcast. What is up and welcome to a brand new era of Great Wolf Hoops. It is Ned, John, and our brand new guy, Traith Leffler, with a brand new show called Talking Hoops. I am Ned, joined by my old co-host, John. John, how are you, brother? Yeah, good, man. Emphasis on the old right now, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But, dude, it's great to be back. There is so much happening around the Grey Wolf Network. But the smell of basketball is in the air. We're not far away from the NBA season kicking off, of course, and the NBL season not too far away. Plus a bit of local basketball we love to get behind the uh, the zombies, which we'll be talking about, of course. But it's good to be back, man. Really good. It is so good to be back, and we are bringing some young blood into the mix here, John. I'm old enough to be his dad. You're not quite, but it is Trath Leffler, my trainer from our local F45. Trath, how are you, brother? Yeah, Ned, good, mate, good, mate. Glad to be jumping on board, you know. Obviously a hoops enthusiast, and, yeah, very keen to jump on board with you two. Bring a, a fresh opinion to the team and a bit of a younger opinion, you know. Just turned 21, so... Bit younger than you old old man. guys out there. No. I know this, this will be the first and the last episode, by the way. But otherwise, <laughs> have some uh, different. We'll, and this will come come out as the show develops, of course. But some different opinions on different eras of the NBA. Uh, Ned and I talk about the two thousands quite a bit. Uh, and Trace, obviously, a little bit newer in the NBA scene than we are. But uh, it's going to be some really good opinions and some, and some very healthy discussions. Ned, I'm hoping between the three of us as this podcast develops. Definitely. The idea here is kind of three decades of hoops. So you'll have my old ass man decade and Johnny, your not so old ass man decade. And then you've got Traith who in those early 2000s that you were talking about was running around in nappies and doing whatever. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be an interesting one and we'll get some different takes, but you are a bit of an NBA to me, I feel expert, Traith, because when I talk NBA, I'm sort of stuck back in there 2004, 2005. Love it right now. Definitely do. But you pretty much know every team back to front, man. Oh, I'd say so. At least I try to think so. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely jumped into it around 2016. And since then, I've, yeah, I'd, I'd say I could name almost every player in every single team. So definitely. I love that right there. And when I was talking to Trace, he said to me, John, this made me laugh. I'm an old school fan. I've been oh. down since 2016. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I went home that day and told Anna about that. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. But let's get to know you a little bit, Trace. Who do you follow in the NBA and why, dude? Well, mate, I am a diehard Philadelphia 76ers fan. I've been following them for, yeah, since about 2016. I sort of got into them when I sort of learned about Ben Simmons. I mean, I, I followed them even back during the dark days, back when we used to have, um, when Joel and B was a bit injured. But yeah, Philadelphia 76ers fan. But in general, I'm just an NBA fan in general. I follow, I follow the Philadelphia 76ers, but I keep tabs on every single team. I have multiple favorite players. Um, but yeah, so I consider myself a bit of a generalist as well. Yeah, you do have an like a very much of an expert knowledge. And did you say your family is actually from the United States, Trath, which I found interesting and around that Philadelphia area? Yeah, so fun fact, my dad moved over here to Australia when he was about six, but his side of the family all live in, in the US. Um, we were actually planning on moving to Pennsylvania, which would have actually worked out because obviously Philadelphia and whatnot over there, but we bought a house there about five years ago. It didn't quite work out. We didn't move over in the end, but yeah, all of my dad's family though is from that side. So 
So yeah, got, got some it, roots back yeah. over in the US. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really yeah. cool. Maybe to stay if we need to when uh, when we travel over there one day. <laughs> definitely, definitely. NBA boys trip right there, and you are now located in one of the smallest towns in country Victoria, Australia, ever. You couldn't get any further away from Pennsylvania, brother. <laughs> no, sir. Love. It's good to know you, man. We're going to pick that brain a lot. And Johnny, you, of course, I know you as a New Jersey Nets guy, but you sort of jumped ship a little bit now. Of course, New Jersey yeah. hasn't been New Jersey for a good minute. You can never jump on board the Brooklyn Nets, which I absolutely respect the hell out of, man. Tell us where you're at in season 21-22. It's a long and very frustrating story. So my NBA team was defunct before Traith was even born, just about being the New Jersey Nets. And I'll pull out some merchandise for our next episode. You can love it, Traith. But yeah, of course, massive, massive New Jersey Nets fan. Jason Kidd was my player the whole way through. Like when I was playing basketball, he was my hero. And, you know, you talk about doing school talks and all that kind of stuff on the guy. Like he was my man. And then uh, when the Nets moved to Brooklyn, I just could not get behind the fact that they had Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And, you know, Nettie, we spent all those years just swearing their names at the top of our lungs. I just couldn't get behind it. So, of course, Jason Kidd went to the Bucks as the coach. Uh, so I followed them for a little while. And, you know, I was following Giannis before it sort of got popular. And then, of course, Jason Kidd got sacked. And then the Bucks sort of became like the team to follow there for a little while. Everyone was getting on the uh, on the Giannis bandwagon. I thought, oh, I can't stand for this. We've got to go for the small market, guys. So I kind of jumped around a little bit. But for the up- upcoming season, Eddie, I'm going to settle on the Atlanta Hawks. I just reckon they've got a good core of young players. I love John Collins. I love a few of those guys there. They're a bit of a, not a no name brand they got uh, Trey Young over there he's dominating at the moment but I just love what they're doing I love the franchise small market teams we're all behind them of course you're a big Pistons boy so I think I'm gonna get on the Hawks this year guys and see if the East can rise again because Nettie we're big fans of the Eastern Conference so we'll see what happens that's another thing we love about you Trey you're on you're on the Eastern Conference because it is all about the West for as long as I remember everyone's just all those Western Conference bandwagon riders I love it that you're a Philly fan and been down since those old school 2016 days my <laughs> man if you want to talk about Trey Young Johnny he is the future of the NBA right there and the final series they had against New York last year man I am so excited to see he's got himself he's really developed into like a one of the next superstars of the league yeah. so mega props on New York here. Mega props, props to New York last season for turning things around like they've done. But yeah, Trey Young showed that he's right up there in terms of NBA players, not just point guards, but he does it all, man. And the right supporting cast around him, like I really, I really think they could take it to the next level this year. The Atlanta Hawks, like they're just building the team the right way. They're plugging gaps. I got Clint Capella for, for not much at all uh, when the Houston Rockets let him go. I'm just, I just think they got the right sort of, they got the right starting five. They have got the right depth. They can shoot. They can defend. You know, they can play inside. Like I just love what they're doing. So it it's quite funny. I'm going to bring up as we move through here. When I think old school 76s, I go back to obviously Alan Iverson, Dikembe Mutombo, Eric Snow, like yeah. Aaron McKee, like guys that Trace probably never heard of. But like I just, no. I just old school 2016, baby. Uh, no, my friend, I have heard of some of those players. I've definitely heard of some of those players, even taking it all the way back to, to Mo Cheeks and, and oh, Dr. Yes. J and all the way back, my friend. I may not have been part of the NBA for as long as you guys, but I know I know a little bit of NBA history, as I like to say. Anything pre-2016 is obviously NBA history nowadays, guys. So just so you know, 2016 in, is is the past now. That's That's the last generation of the NBA. I'm kind of happy with that. Although I must admit, guys, I saw it because today or yesterday it was Mr. Big Shot's birthday. That's Chauncey Billups, one of the greatest. Chauncey Billups. 
Yeah, yes. yeah, it was just his birthday, and I was watching his highlight reel, and I'm like, wow, this really does look like it's from the dinosaur years, man. And that's when I was huge yeah. on the business. We're we'll about to share this on our brand new page that we've got up. So, did you, off the top of your head, do you know what that is, boys? It's Talking Hoops podcast, yeah. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. And I think the area you're throwing back to, Nettie, when you're talking mid-2000s, it was like the shiny uniforms and the, like, the long shorts and everything was baggy and then it got tight again as it has now. <laughs> Those were the days. And, like, Trey, if you listen to our podcast last season, we talk about it all the time. Like, the, the NBA was just a whole different environment back then. And, you know, you had Tracy McGrady over here. You had, you know, Kobe Bryant and Shaq and you had, like, you know, Dwayne Wade. And, like, it was just – and LeBron was coming through. Like, it was just a very different era where we don't see – we didn't see Super teams like we do these days at 08 Celtics was sort of the first on that kind of uh, train of, you know, organizational uh, mm. work in the NBA, I suppose. And now it's a whole different game. So it must be a, an eye opener coming from 2016 to, to start talking about mid two thousands basketball. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. John, definitely. It's, 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 it's interesting. Like, obviously I have paid attention a little bit and I read a lot up on the old school, but yeah, nowadays it's all about, it's all about threes. It's all about making big threes. It's, Big threes nowadays. The days of even duos or singles, unless you're obviously counting Giannis nowadays. Yeah, it's just it's all about the big threes and making super teams. And you know, can this player be traded from this team to that team and whatnot? Also, Ned, fun fact about Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot himself. He's actually the only player in NBA history who has a winning record against Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. Fun fact, I read that today. Yeah, so respect, just a little bit yes, interesting. I yeah. I told you, I love this kid right here, Johnny. He's throwing out the challenge. I did know that. I've, I've seen yes. the meme pop around. He's absolutely amazing. And they are the glory days, the heydays, Traith. And, and thank you for uh, pulling that out, man. Respect. Yes. No worries, <laughs> I just got to say, and, and this is one thing that we'll talk about quite a bit, and it's going to be great to get a, he's Chauncey, he's joining the team. There. You might as well sit him in the background there, Nettie. He's going to fit in nicely. But what Ned and I talk a lot about in the NBL sense is the state of the NBL. And a big thing for you, Traith, I want to know as you reach, which what figure have you got? There you go. Oh. <laughs> ben Simmons. Yeah, that's the way. I just broke him off his stand. But, um, yeah, good old Ben Simmons I got for my birthday about two years ago. I love it. I, I, should, I should try and sit him up somewhere. Get him in a Warriors jersey was the latest rumor. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But one thing I want to get yeah. your thoughts quickly on, Traith, is kind of the state of the NBA. And, of course, it's it's the whole game's going to a three-point shootout. There's not much defense anymore. There's not much of an inside or a mid-range game. We talk about the state of the NBL quite a bit and how that's sort of building up and transitioning. But we're seeing the NBA go to that real outside kind of game, and it's really sort of affecting, you know, not affecting, but it's, it's happening in the local sort of uh, arenas as well, all the way down to the Horsham Hornets kids all looking to shoot those three-pointers. Like, what do you think about the state of the game at the moment? Is that the trend that's going to keep happening? Do you think maybe defenses just haven't caught up to it yet? Like, what do you sort of think about all that? Well, I think when you look at the modern-day NBA, I think you have to look at it from what the league sort of wants to push. The league is trying to push offense. The league is looking... Because ratings represent this as well. The higher the scoring games, the the better the, the games do in general. So the NBA and obviously Adam Silver and the board, they're looking at pushing offense and limiting defense. So I would definitely say, yeah, defense is just, it's just not physically capable of catching up with current day offense. For example, your team, you're following at the, at the moment, the Atlanta Hawks, someone like Trey Young, you just, you can't defend him properly. 
he he can foul bait way too well which the nba if you guys read has introduced some new rules they're actually showing that if you try to deliberately draw fouls they're going to change the way it's um it's obviously called and reft but yeah man i would definitely say it's a three-point era if you can't shoot the three ball you're you're a dinosaur nowadays. You, yeah, you, you don't have the same place. Look at a player like Ben Simmons. You throw him back even 20 years ago, and he'd be, you'd be looking at a top 10 player, arguably. And nowadays, he's just, he, he's just too far behind. But yeah, definitely the three point era is, is what's happening. And yeah, even even in some of the in the today's leagues, like even some of the younger kids, like if you look at high school, like high school basketball, all the kids are just throwing up the three ball. That's all they're doing. Five foot behind the three point line. They're just shooting from way back there. So yeah, I would definitely yeah, say the three ball. Yeah, because they did a comparison with, with Tony Parker. And, you know, it's not just – it's it's the it's a three-point attempt. It's not the fact that the guys back then – like oh, Tony Parker's a great example, amazing point guard, one of those championships. But could have really put himself in a whole different echelon of point guard if he took more three-pointers. He averaged like .9 threes attempted per game. Great shooter. But, you know, if you fast-forward to these days and Steph Curry and these guys are shooting 10, 12 three-pointers a night – all of a sudden, Tony Parker's averaging 28 points a game to go with his assists and everything else and steals. Yes. And he's like, you know, top five point guard of all time. Like, it's just a fascinating argument. Something, Nettie, that we've spoken about a lot over the years. And a guy like Chauncey Billups, same sort of deal. Like, he could have been like a top five of all time having you know, having taken more three-point shots. If I put up these highlights videos, we're talking they're in double overtime and the score's are like 97 to 96 or mm. something like this. It's crazy. That's like, you know, yes. halfway through the third quarter these days. And I, I love that argument there, Johnny, with guys like like Chauncey and those San Antonio players, guys and whatnot. Like you could be, if they were playing in today's game, whew, look out. And on, on the topic of Ben Simmons there, was that the reason you jumped behind the Sixers, Trey? I was sort of interested in following a team from the roots up. So when I was interested in the Sixers at the time, they were they were shocking. They just came off one of the worst one of the worst records or, or years like in NBA history. They didn't even obviously record you know more than twenty wins. But yeah, the biggest thing with Ben Simmons, he's an Aussie. Like I was I was super keen. I saw him. He was projected to come come number one out of the draft. I think he was coming out of. I think he came out of LSU college, but yeah, I was just, I was super keen to follow an Aussie. He was number one. My, obviously the 76ers had the number one pick. So since then I sort of just jumped on. Personally, I thought at the time, you know, he was getting hyped up to be the next LeBron James, Magic Johnson type player. And I was thinking, oh, you know, this guy will be really good to jump behind and whatnot and, and see where it takes him. And, you know, since then I've, I've actually fallen in love with him for different reasons. Originally, it was the it was the thought, sort of the idea of you know who can this player be? Ben Simmons, you know the next you know Magic Johnson, and now it's sort of the the playmaking and especially the defensive side of things. Like I've actually I'm I'm a real stickler for defense now. I love good defense. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. That's you know, probably you the saying case. that defense thing is throwing back to what Fitzy was talking about here with the what we refer to as the golden arrow kind of thing and you've jumped on board Simmons who would have sort of lit it up I guess what 20 years ago you think John with the Parkers yeah. and whatnot we were talking about yeah imagine him playing like Bruce Bowen with a size six foot ten or whatever he is like that's a scary oh, yeah <laughs> definitely well you throw him back on when Bruce Bowen was on the Spurs you put him back there and he would just he would just eat it up 
yeah, I, I, I got to admit, that's a really good way to think about it, P- particularly going after someone or, or following someone for their defense. But, Trace, we've got to talk about, like, the latest rumors that the, the Warriors were a suitor for him. Like, obviously, it's kind of all blown up over the NBA preseason, but has it been Simmons been A? Yeah, well, the Nuggets was a, was a suitor as well. I've read a few different ones, but, like, A, where's he going to rock up? And, B, are you going to follow him? Or are you sticking with the uh, 76ers? Well, you see, I have a jersey over there in that side of the room, which you guys can't see, which has got Ben Simmons on it. And I have Ben Simmons, you know, little bobblehead here. And even though this year it may not be in a 76ers jersey, I have claimed Ben Simmons as my favorite player. And that's not going to change now. So I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to ride or die wherever he goes. That's where I'm going to go. But I will stay a loyal 76ers fan. I like that you're sticking with Simmons, but still staying with the team because that's like back in the day with the Pistons, I was always a Prince guy and then he moved to Memphis. I stayed with the Pistons, but still followed Prince. I like that you're sticking with them, staying loyal. And I think they're a team to get behind, but also really love the fact that you're sticking with Simmons, man, because he's the most hated player at the moment. And a lot of it, I don't really think he deserves. Like it's man, like go easy on the guy a little bit, but what do you think about that, John? I, I don't like the, the way how he rocked up at Wimbledon or whatever when he said he was taking time off to practice on his game. I thought that was a poor effort, Trey. He, he should have went and played for the Boomers and, yeah. and worked on his game rather than hanging out at Wimbledon watching tennis personally. But what, what do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I think his biggest problem is he comes out and says, I want to play with the Boomers. I can't wait to play with the Boomers. You know, I'm on Aussie or whatever. And then he never follows through with it. I think that's what gets most people. Yeah. Get, that's what gets up their goat, I think, is that he says things like that. And then he goes to work. And he, the problem with Ben Simmons is he's gotten worse every year since his rookie year. Like, you got to look at his stats, Traith, and, and the team. And I think he's gotten worse <laughs> since he debuted. Like, uh, And, you know, it's, it's little things like, you know, he's, he's shooting coaches, his brother. Like, obviously, that's not working. I just yeah. think, I don't know, like, is he going to end up like one of the, he's just a career guy. Like he's a Nick Curios of, of basketball. Like he's just there because he's getting paid. Like, you know, there's a few players in other sports that are like that. I know a lot of NFL players getting paid. Why why put that work in? Like it's it's a, it's a very hard argument, I reckon, Eddie. I think people have probably been a bit over the top with it with Ben Sims. Like he's only a young guy still. Like he's still finding his feet. But I don't know. Like, it's what do you reckon, Traith, as a uh, Ben Simmons fanatic? I've got to get your thoughts on this, my man. Well, Look, Ben Ben has been the best player wherever he's gone. In in high school, in in local competitions, even in 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 university or college basketball, Ben was the number one projected pick no matter where he went. And I think what happened with Ben was he never got pushed. He never had to really push himself, and it was always just I can do it based on my natural talent. And so now that Ben's got to the NBA and there's actually guys who are better than him, it's a bit like, well, I've made it here now. He just got his he just got his max contract. You know, he's making I think he's making one hundred and sixty million dollars over the next four years. Something crazy, something ridiculous like that. So I don't think he has the incentive to really change necessarily. And the problem with Ben now is he's not he's not accountable. I think at this point now, I, I I'm not sure what's going to happen with Ben. To be honest, at the moment, I've if you've seen if you guys have seen all the rumors, like I think a, a, a statement came out today that a bunch of the Philadelphia 76ers players were trying to catch a flight to go to Los Angeles. I think it was Joel, Tobias, Matisse, and I think it might have just been those three, maybe a couple others. And Ben Ben's agent said, "No, don't come. I don't want to talk. We're not going to talk at all. There's no point. You can't change my mind." 
Yeah, so I, th- I think at this point, an, a change of scenery is all he's going to get, to be honest. All he well, needs. the way he's respecting or disrespecting his team, it's all he's going to get, to be like, that's, that's immaturity, but that's also like in that sort of bubble. Not that I'd ever know what it's like, but you need to have the right people around you. And I think that's where, again, like his brother is his shoot, shooting coach. And there's probably a, a lack of professionalism in some ways. Like, obviously, you can get through with your talent, but to really be the greatest, like, there's such a big gap between him and you see what Giannis has been through and even like what LeBron's been through, like how much money he spends on his body every year to keep going like there's just such a such a a gap between those two like it's it's almost frustrating to see like you know look at a guy like Delhi who's never going to get anywhere near Simmons on on ability but on belief and hard work and and you know doing those things that people don't want to like it's such a hard comparison to make but going back to like the boomers thing like I think it was probably better for the boomers in a way to not have him there like, you know, I think he would have added a lot. He can play any position when you're talking Olympic level. Um, but I just think that the way the team came together, Gorgian wouldn't have put up with the way that Simmons carries on. I think he would have just said, this is just not a fit for us. You're out. We're building a culture. You see what Paddy did with the team. Like, it would have been interesting to see where they ended up with him. Um, it would have been interesting to see what uh, would happen if Aaron Baines was, it was healthy too with that side. But, yeah, he's an interesting case, Ben Simmons. Like, I don't know where I sit with him in a lot of ways to see how he carries on. Like, he's just on the verge of becoming one of the greats and then or just being another max contract i'm just not putting the work in sort of guy definitely let's hope that the fresh start really works out for him because when you say too about dally in there hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard comes straight to mind imagine if someone like ben put in the work that he did Mm. i think that's what you're getting at there johnny that guy could be amazing if he just he needs to work on his shooting and definitely work yeah. on his attitude. And hopefully for his sake, and you want to see him do well because he's Australian, wherever he finds himself, hopefully he can, you know, take a good hard look into the mirror. I feel like the dad talking to him here though, because he's just he's just so talented and has so much potential. But I 100% agree. At this point in time, things aren't looking good for him. And I tell you what, break out the popcorn when he returns to Philadelphia. Those guys were burning his jerseys at the end of that series. <laughs> Yeah. After he returns, man, boys, that is going to be something else. Oh, it is going to be crazy. I, I, I personally, I'm excited. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see how Philly goes because with Philly, it's either ride or die. If you're not with Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia is not with you. <laughs> That's how us fans are. I mean, I'm a fan of Ben, so I'll be a little bit more chill. But if the booze are coming, I'll be there, and if the cheers are coming, I'll be there too. Trace basically saying you'll have the jersey ready to burn, but you won't actually oh. burn it. Well, yeah, maybe maybe I'll hold the lighter close, but it won't quite touch. <laughs> I'm holding it yeah. close, so I'm joining <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah. To the point you made before, though, Ned, it, Ben is such a case of exactly if talent when there's not hard work involved. And 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 John, what you said before about um about Delhi, if Ben had the same the same heart, the same grind and mentality that Delhi had, you'd be, it would be you couldn't argue Ben would be a, a top ten player. I always considered yeah. Ben. I always thought Ben would go on that same trajectory as say a Giannis type player. He has he's got an, he's super tall. He's six foot ten. He's I think he's two two twenty two thirty pounds. So for any of you non-US people out there who need the metric system, that's about 100 kilos. Um, yeah, but he's got an excellent he's got an excellent playmaking arsenal. He's an excellent rebounder, excellent defender. When he wants to be, he's an excellent inside scorer. But I always just thought he really just needed to change that mindset. You look at someone like Giannis, 
for so long he's been shocking at threes shocking at, at, at the free throw line but what does he do he gets inside draws the fouls and he still attempts them he's not good you look at someone like ben though that critical play at the end of the game seven against yeah the atlanta hawks which just killed me when he passed up that open dunk passed it to matisse and gave it off that just shows that difference in mindset and unless Ben can fix on fix that and work on it, he's still going to be an excellent player, definitely a top a top thirty player, top forty player. But he'll never ascend past that because he doesn't have he doesn't have the mindset, and that's that simple. You know, in a funny roundabout kind of way, I think he needed the Boomers more than the Boomers needed him to fix that mindset and work out how to belong and kind of that champion attitude. And we've talked about it before, Nate, even with our little under fourteen kids. You know, it's better taking that moment that you know that winning shot that winning dunk you know capturing that and 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 being able being confident to do that and i think that comes down to the people that are, that are around you and i think that's what ben doesn't have at the moment because even guys like lebron james couldn't shoot when he came into the league and now like he's you know he'd be in his prime is right up there anyway but happens to plenty of guys and it's just that that sort of um winning attitude isn't it and just the the right stuff inside to to draw yourself over the line Definitely. Yeah, and I definitely. love that you just said that, John, that he needed the boomers more than they needed him. Australian basketball legend Andrew Gay said the exact same thing, yeah. but didn't put it as nicely. <laughs> I mean, he didn't put it as harshly, but he definitely needed it. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah, sorry. This is not a Ben Simmons sort of hate thing here because I really want to see him do well, Trace. And I'll be very happy, though, if he doesn't put on a Pistons uniform, though, because I don't want to see that. I, like, And that's where I'm at with him at the moment. Uh no, mate, that's it's fine. Okay. That's fine. Look, I, I fully agree with all the opinions. I'm I'm the biggest Ben diehard. I'll stick with him, but I'm also realistic. Ben has a lot of holes in his game, a lot of holes in his mentality and the way he's handled things. And until he changes that, he's he's going to catch flack. That's just it's just going to happen. And just changing gears here for a second, guys. You were talking before about the superstar teams and whatnot, John, and the big threes, Trace. Last year, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks win it all. Or last season, we saw it win it all. Do you think that'll be the last time where we where we see this? Did injuries play a big part in this? Do you think a non-super team will get through again like the Atlanta Hawks? It's, it's going to be a very yeah. difficult season for them. Yeah, I'll get, we'll, get, we'll throw it to Trace for, for an in-depth thought on this one. But I read a thing on Reddit the other day about how it's never going to be a perfect championship in that sort of way. Like there's always going to be there was an injury to this player so they didn't get through or this, you know, like Anthony yeah. Davis yeah. said the Lakers don't get through, for example. And like it's going to be interesting sort of – I personally think that the super team era will end at some stage. Like I, I don't know about some of these small market teams whether they can compete on a bigger sense, but I think that the super team era will end at some stage, Nettie. I just, I, I just don't know. I just don't feel like it's a – sustainable way for the NBA to be run. I know they want Nets versus Lakers in the finals, but because these teams are owned privately, I just don't think it's a sustainable kind of model. I don't know what you think, Trace, but I'd love to get your thoughts on sort of the the super team kind of era we're in now. Well, John, mate, you nailed it on the head. That post you saw on Reddit, I'm not sure who it was by, but that's exactly exactly the case. If you guys remember from the bubble when they were talking about an asterisk on the 2020 NBA champions when the Lakers won, no championship run will ever be perfect. I think people forget, even back in the days of Jordan or, or, or Kobe and Shaq, there was injuries to key players, even nowadays. Like, personally, I don't think Milwaukee would have won if James Harden didn't have the hamstring strain and Kyrie Irving didn't get injured when he stepped on Giannis's leg during game two. I don't, I don't think they would have beat them. But at the same time, you, can, you never know there's so many teams, you know, there's eight teams from both 
who make from both conferences who make the the playoffs now well basically 10 if you count the play in nowadays hmm. yeah um and injuries happen to anybody it can happen anytime it can happen game one of the nba finals in regards to the super team due to the current rules and the way things work i think super teams aren't gonna go anywhere fast I think that they're going to be sticking around for as long as the current rules stick around just because players have so much power. It, because of LeBron James, it's a player empowerment era. I mean, you can just say, look at Ben Simmons, what he's doing now. Remember with Anthony Davis in, in obviously when he tried to get out of New Orleans. All you just say is you want out and if you're a big enough player, you, you just get out. But yeah, super teams, they're not going anywhere fast. They're going to be sticking around for a while. That's my opinion. Yeah, unfortunately, Johnny, unfortunately, I agree with Traith. I can't see the end of this era anytime soon because it's what people want. We're throwing back to the days that we loved. We've been, we've spoken about it when it was, you know, 90 to 80 in triple overtime and defense was just a thing. People don't want to see that anymore. They want to see, you know, Seth Curry, Steph Curry and uh, Damian Lillard hitting those half court threes and, and whatnot. Uh, I agree. I think the super teams will be around for quite some time, unfortunately, but I, I'd loved that the Milwaukee Bucks got up last year just to sort of put a stop to it sort of thing. And you're talking super teams, Los Angeles Lakers this year, your boy, Matt Grace from the fantasy football fanatics. He's got to be pretty happy right now. That is one of the biggest super teams I've ever seen. Yeah. But yeah. I think age and injury will be the only thing that gets in, well, in front of them. That's right. I mean, that's- he- yeah, exactly. Like you could look at these true super teams and it's just, I don't know, like it comes from hate from my opinion in a lot of ways, Nettie. Like it's hard watching these teams every year. Like who wants to watch the Brooklyn Nets win? Like legitimately. It's funny because obviously James Harden let his body go to get out of Houston. That's what led him down in the end in Brooklyn. Like it's just, it's it's a frustrating thing to watch from someone who's followed basketball since they could walk to see this era that we're in now. Like I, I really don't like it, but um, yeah, I think it's good to see the Bucks sort of bucking the trend. If you take a pun from that, and seeing Chris Middleton <laughs> and Giannis sort of you know, sort of draftees come through and, and sort of work their way up to to sort of win it and fill gaps. They fill they get Brook Lopez across. You know, like guys that just play a role and, and play in their offense. That's what they want. A couple yeah. of shooters. It's just great Definitely. to see. That's building a team the old school way that sort of we we sort of throw back to and, and, and miss those days even in a way. The Milwaukee Bucks have Ned, they have your team to thank for Chris Middleton, mate. Because you traded us him. Yeah, he was a second round pick. I can't remember what the trade was. It was a bit before my time in the NBA, but yeah, I think because he was originally drafted by Detroit, I believe. Chris Middleton. Right after the Milwaukee Bucks won the championship. Yeah, this is a true story, John. I remember talking to Trace about this. Right after they won the chip, this mean got up and said, Don't forget. Detroit Pistons let this man go. And I believe I showed you, Trace, and I was like, what? Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. But, I mean, you look at how many players have done that. We, as a Philadelphia 76ers fan, we we had Rashawn Holmes. We had Christian Wood. And look at them now. They're both excellent players now on, on, on Sacramento and, and, and well. Houston Rockets. Yes, I, I know that. Yeah, that's crazy. And... I can't believe yeah. we let him go. There's some players that you really shake your head about. Christian Wood was definitely one of them. And yeah, Middleton, he was actually in the same draft when we got Andre Drummond. So when at whatever year that was, the old man brain sort of eludes me there. So you're probably talking <laughs> seven, eight years ago sort of thing. Yeah, Drummond. I feel like he was in the 2014. Yeah. I think he might have been the 2014 draft. He, he was right around when Victor Oladipo was drafted. 
Uh, there you have it. Super teams come or go where I think we're stuck with them for the minute and we'll talk more about those in upcoming episodes, of course. John, you've called it early, the Brooklyn-Los Angeles playoff <laughs> series and whether it'll happen or not. I, I believe it will. What else have we got here? We've got to talk about the COVID situation, though. Of course, it has taken over the world. Basketball locally is basically dead because of it. And they've brought in... It's pretty much mandatory now that you have to have the COVID vaccine before you can play. This is causing all sorts of controversy. So we want to grab your boys. What are your takes on this, Johnny, first up? It's a hard one. As the president of a local association, it's a very hard call to make given that... Uh you know, with government restrictions, we essentially have to be checking people every time they come in. So it has caused a bit of controversy in the NBL, of course. And, and more recently with the NBA, it's actually a group of, of the call them anti-vax players, which isn't exactly true, but, you know, they've got these players who are sort of fighting back. Uh, of course, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Traith had his sort of appeal denied on sort of religious grounds, which I thought was an interesting angle to take. But I think this is going to be a bigger story in the NBA than the NBL in the long run. And we haven't seen too much of it in the NFL. I've been keeping an eye out for that sort of thing. But I want to see what you reckon, Traith, about this one because it could really cause a rift in the NBA if they don't sort of, you know, knock it on the head pretty soon. Yeah, look, it's an interesting topic because the NBA have been so... They push so hard in the vaccine route. They push so hard to get all the fans. If you want to come to a game, you have to be vaccinated. All the players had to be vaccinated. In fact, if I remember, Bradley Beal, when he was going to play for Team USA, he actually got denied because he said he wouldn't get vaccinated. So he said, yeah. okay, I'm not coming. But it's, it is interesting. When it comes to the NBA, the NBA is pretty much... It's a political league. I mean, politics get involved so much. Andrew Wiggins, he's only one player. I know he got denied on the religious beliefs, as he said before, John. But yeah, look, to be honest, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think the league is going to have to stand fast with it, though, because even though the league is a player's league, it's a fan league first. And I don't think they can afford to have anyone catch COVID again or anything like what happened before when it came to the bubble because it just killed them financially. They lost, apparently they lost almost like four or five billion dollars based on what happened which is just crazy. Wow. So, yeah, just just absolutely crazy. So in the end, I think everyone either is going to have to get vaccinated or it's going to happen like what happened with Andrew Wiggins. He's not going to be able to attend home games. They're talking about separating them on planes, separate buses. Okay. They can't have their lockers next to other NBA players who aren't vaccinated. They can't – they have to be on separate seats beside benches. It's just crazy. The whole – the whole way they're doing about it, it's almost like they're segregating, like they're separating. And if you're vaccinated, you're here. If you're unvaccinated, you're here. But yeah. I am of the personal but then opinion. They can play on the same court, like. Yes, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's 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 no. it's a pretty interesting situation. And then you've got NBL, of course, Ty Webster and Travis Trice have had contracts ripped up essentially because they won't do it. So that's the, the route the NBL is going. But obviously because the NBA is doing this kind of segregation and like it'll be interesting to see where it's at kind of, you know, a few months in if that sort of stuck or, or the players just sort of caved in in a sense and, and went and got it done. But it's an interesting situation. I don't think it'll be as big in the NBL, Netty, but I mean, we've still got a few months to go and this might happen. It might fire up a bit more, but who really knows? Yeah, it is very interesting. And you mentioned uh, Webster and Trice, them not getting vaccinated. For guys like them, you'd feel it would affect them more than what it would these NBA guys. Like Wiggins is obviously sitting on a lot of money, but who else is going to pick up an unvaccinated Trice? And where's Webster going to play now? 
no idea. I think I think Webster's probably going to struggle to find a home because he probably can't even leave the country then if he's over in New Zealand. That adds another layer yeah, onto it. Obviously, he's not allowed to hop on any planes. Yeah, going to play yeah, locally. Yeah. Maybe we need to get him over here and play in the Horsham Association for the Zombies, man. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, you might get some players, NBL players, that are just going to get their contracts ripped up. Like I said, bad luck. But in the NBA, they're going to try and push ahead and push through this. So I mean, the NBL just wouldn't have the financial um, backing to to kind of segregate plays in that sense and have them travel separately and all that, especially not with a team coming from a different country. So that adds yeah, another layer yeah. onto it as well. So I, I just don't know. Like, it's going to be a wait and see. Obviously, we're about a month away from the NBA season kicking off and a couple from the NBL season kicking off. And then you've got, you know, your WAs and Tasmania and that where there hasn't even really been any cases. And then they're trying to come into Victoria and it could become a real mess. I mean, I hope it's not like last season, but look, watch this space. It could really be an interesting story as the season gets a bit closer. Especially with that new Tasmanian team actually jumping in there too, John. Like, you've got the Jack Jumpers. How's that going to work with them? There's obviously the COVID cases jumping up here every day in Victoria. Are they going to bubble them out or, or what's going to happen? It's probably still a bit too early to sort of work out what they're going to do with that because that's obviously how they sort of got through last season. So I don't really know because, like, you think a Tasmanian team where they've been oh, but mainly free from COVID in a lot of ways and WA has been the same. Are they going to want to come and play in Melbourne and then risk, you know, catching it from a fan on the way out or if they go to a club afterwards or whatever? Like, it's I don't know how they're going to manage that this season. And, again, the NBL is in an even tougher position because they cannot afford for something to go wrong. Like, they're on a very fine line at the moment with, you know, lost revenue from the season has gone past. They tried the NBL Cup last season as well, Nettie, you remember, and like, because it had so much momentum. We've got the new new deal with ESPN now, like they can't afford to shut this league down for any any time whatsoever. So they're going to do everything they can. And obviously their solution is just to release players who won't get it done. So look, it'll be be interesting. And of course, Mitch Creek was the one, and we're not going to talk any controversy on this show, who was um, promoting last season. Uh, he had his views on the whole thing, which would suggest he might have a similar opinion. So we'll just wait and see. If it's a superstar like that that refuses, then it might ruffle a few feathers, but we'll just wait and see. Mm, if he refuses to get a vax, that one will be very interesting, especially with all the drama that surrounded him towards the end of the, the last season sort of thing. So we'll have to definitely wait and see and watch this space sort of deal. But one thing's for sure is we do have plenty to talk about on Talking Hoops, fellas. It's it's very much exciting times. And Traith, before we wrap things up here, you did mention the Los Angeles Lakers winning in the bubble in 2020 and about an asterisk being on that. I actually disagree. Well, not when it comes to injuries and whatnot, but I feel that that year, the Los Angeles Lakers, as much as it hurts me to say, were the best team because there was no you know, favoritism or anything that could happen there. There was no home court advantage. It was just your best versus our best. And the Lakers got out and they, and they got it done. So I think that's been the most unsort of, like there was no advantage for anyone, if you know what I'm trying to say. No, definitely. I think, I think the asterisks for the 2020 or the NBA bubble, as they called it, I think the, the controversy there comes from the fact that all the teams didn't really have home games. Everything was an away game, so you didn't really have any benefit to being a higher seed or a lower seed, and just the way it the way it worked. And some teams, sort of those younger teams, didn't do as well. But the older teams who were more experienced, traveling on the road, like the Los Angeles Lakers were, especially with their cast. I can't remember the whole team at the time, but I know they had a lot of veterans. It was they had Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Rondo, LeBron, obviously Davis. He's he's a superstar, so. He, he gets affected differently. But yeah, the, the asterisk was just because of the way things happened. 
And I can't remember all of them, but I think there was a couple of injuries as well during the playoffs that year. Obviously, there's always going to be injuries every single year. But yeah, just the way things happened in general and also the Black Rights movement, the the Black Lives Matter campaign, that there was a lot of that. There's a lot of there was so much politics involved as well. I don't know whether you, you guys want to talk politics at all, but there was a lot of controversy, a lot of players who wouldn't who didn't want to be part of it. So yeah, I actually don't know where I sit with that one because I see I see both points actually, and I guess that's what we want. Talking hoops, like we want all the opinions and we want differing opinions as much as we can, of course, and throw it out to the followers as well. But if you're talking pure basketball, I could see how it's a purely neutral environment, but I could also see there's so many outside influences that it was such a hard season to get a gauge on. In a lot of ways, you're right, Trey. That the time in the world was just going nuts. But mm. if you look purely at basketball, there was no home, home no home advantage, no away. I, I guess in that sort of sense, everyone and all the players were sort of together for most of it weren't they kind of thing so i don't know like it's it's a very fascinating argument i'm gonna have to i'll think about that one all night i'll, I'll have a thought at four o'clock this tomorrow morning i'll tell you guys <laughs> i love it I love yeah it. i tell you what episode one it's all happening so far boys i love it yeah, yeah young left has got me thinking there i'm like you make some very solid points there Trath, because i've always been like well what are they complaining about like you know there was no home court advantage everyone was on a level playing field but then yes very well said with all the political stuff happening and you know lack of players mm. here and there Drew, is what it is well, i guess not just that as well but i think people forget they also finished they finished the end of the season there and by the time all things were said and done i think some of the players were in the bubble for almost three months no family no friends no physical outside contact with like imagine if i took you guys and i said all right, you're going to take your your local team, you're going to go into a bubble and you're not going to see your families again for the next three months. Think about how that would affect you guys and the way you're playing and the way you're coaching and the way you think about things. It's a lot. It was a long time. And then the way things happen, like if you guys remember, the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks in that in that round when no one expected them to. They then came through and they really just came out of nowhere to win. Um and make the NBA finals. That was that was crazy. Just the whole the whole ordeal. It was it's completely different. I'm hoping personally that's the first and the last time we have an NBA bubble like that. We'll see with COVID, but yeah, just interesting. A lot of food for thought. A lot of food for thought. I definitely agree with you, though. Hopefully that is the last time we see something like that. But, yes, it was a fascinating run, though. It was great that they still put it on. And Jimmy Butler there with the Miami Heat. Man, I've never wanted oh. a team to win. If they had have won that, I, it would have oh. been almost down the main street. Boom. That would have been crazy. I know. Per- personally, like, I... I do like LeBron. At, at the time, I was really like, you know, thinking about the LeBron legacy side of things. Like LeBron, if he wins his fourth championship and his fourth finals MVP, will he finally catch, you know, Michael Jordan? And will he finally be recognized as the GOAT and whatnot? But then, man, the way Jimmy Butler played in those finals, I think people forget he almost averaged a 30-point triple-double. In one game, he had thirty-five point a thirty-five point triple double. He was going toe to toe with LeBron James, guarding him, ah, oh, just going all out. There's a really famous photo actually, which it'll be somewhere out there. You can see Jimmy Butler standing over the scorer's table, and he's just got sweat dripping down. He's just absolutely just knackered. You can just see he's giving his absolute all. It was it was crazy, and people forget, yeah. Sorry, I was, was going to say, say, and Bam Adebayo was... I will find that photo. Next time we're on, I'll, I'll 
I'll, I'll have to print it out. I'll stick it up behind me, you know. I'll find some way to stick it up on the curtain somehow. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I was thinking more posted on the socials. But anyways, man, you can that works do that. Better. That works that. better. That life size in, in the backdrop there, man. But, yes, it was an amazing time right there. And don't get us started on the Bron versus MJ legacy. I feel I can shut that one down pretty quickly. I honestly feel I can shut that one down pretty quickly, John. It comes down to the fact MJ did it basically with the same roster. You know what I mean? I think he did it at the same team. I think we've got topic for episode two, Nettie, because that's going to be a long one. <laughs> different generations have a different gauge on this argument. For us, it's almost a no-brainer, but I think we save that one for episode two and we do a deep dive on MJ versus LeBron. I, might I think I might be able to... Room. Oh, I think I might be able to convince you two gentlemen to maybe change your minds a little bit. We'll see. We'll no, see. Not a chance. No, I, oh, I we'll see. All there, my, my friends, but it has been a whole bunch of fun. <laughs> we need to check out. Maybe the next episode can be talking uh, Malice at the Palace, the documentary about the Detroit Pistons. I know you've checked it out, Trey. Have you seen it yet, John? Yep. Yeah, it's a fantastic watch. I remember when that went down. It'd be very interesting to get the three different takes on this one from a diehard fan to a guy that was in his teenage years to a guy that was in his uh, nappies and whatnot as well. So we'll we'll get the <laughs> takes on that one. We'll talk MJ versus LeBron. And I think we should start talking a little bit more NBL and NBA sort of preview what's happening. And we'll find out what's happening with Ben Simmons as well in a week's time. Wonder where he'll be. Do you want to make a bold call? I will say he'll sign with the Nuggets. It's the last thing I saw. I thought, I think he wouldn't be a bad fit there. He's not, he wants to go to Los Angeles Lakers, but I can't see that happening. If Ben Simmons could accept the, if he could accept more of the Draymond Green type role on Denver, instant championship contenders with Jokic and, and, and Ben Simmons, that would just be amazing. Can you imagine that front court? Ben Simmons at, at, at power forward and Jokic at center. Mate, if, if I had to give a if I had to give my personal preference, I would say Portland Trailblazers for Ben, with a dark horse being Cleveland. Okay. I think the dark horse people haven't. Yes, there's been a lot of rumors about Ben going to Cleveland. I reckon they'd be willing to give up some young players. Colin Sexton for Ben Simmons. I mean, East. Ben is better, but Colin Sexton is a is a high twenty point per game scorer. Would fit well in Philadelphia. In yeah. Cleveland, yeah. I, 100%, man. It's going to be very interesting to see. So what you want to call that, that's your bold prediction. Simmons at Cleveland. I'm going to say Denver. I like what you were saying there, but you were always also saying he doesn't really like to play second fiddle. So if he wants to be the guy, maybe Cleveland is the fit. Definitely. Well, Ben's, Ben's said multiple times that he wants to be the guy. He wants to be that Magic Johnson type facilitator. Has the ball in his hands all the time. Is making the plays. Whereas I think Ben, unless he can develop that shot, really needs to be that Draymond Green type, almost like an upgraded Draymond Green, sort of even back in 2016 NBA Finals Draymond Green, except obviously without the three-point shot. I mean, I think people forget 2016 Draymond Green in the Finals. That man was literally the second best player on the team. He was playing better than better than Curry at the time. He was he was crazy. Game seven. I'm a big Draymond yeah. Green guy, man. Michigan Spartans, baby, all about it. So, Johnny, your turn, man. Where, where is he going to be? Really, really bold call, like just to be a bit different. He's turned his back on the NBA and he plays in Europe next year. 
Wow. Man. Okay. Okay. That is a very bold take. You guys have checked out Fantasy Football Fanatics. We like to go way out there with our bold calls because that's what it is, a bold call. <laughs> NBA wow. turns Simmons. He plays in Greece. There you go. He's got enough money, he doesn't care. Wow. He just doesn't play. Wow, man. That's not going to happen, John. I can't see it happening. If it does, it'll be funny. Poor Trace won't even know what to do. Oh, I'm at the moment. All of a sudden, he's buying my. <laughs> well, all, man, all the jokes have said that he'll be going to the Shanghai Sharks. So I'll yeah, be buying yeah. my Shanghai Sharks jersey soon for the CBA. Yeah. yeah I like it. You'll no longer, longer want to do talking hoops because we don't really cover that league as much. You'll, um, you'll start stepping outside the comfort zone. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. But I think that'll just about do us for this week. Thank you so much for jumping on board, Traith. It has been a bunch of fun to get your comments and perspectives on all things hoops, my friend. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. It's been great. Oh, hell yeah. And Johnny, man, we are back doing what we love most, and it is talking uh-huh. hoops. We should Thank you, my man. Yes, sir. Best time of the year, hoop time. And can't wait for the NBL and the NBA seasons to kick off as well as a local basketball. Dude, I miss it so much. So fingers crossed the next month brings us some good news. Yeah, what is it? It's eat, sleep, basketball, repeat. That's what it's all about. Be sure to like our brand new page. It is called Talking Hoops Podcast, facebook.com slash Talking Hoops Podcast. And keep up to date with everything on the socials. Grey Wolf Ant, greywolfentertainment.com. That's what we're all about. We're representing that wolf. We've got some stickers and stuff that you can get your hands on and merch is out, greywolfentertainment.net. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.